13 minutes past eight, the test takers of this year's big Sunung College entrance exam would have all been seated by now had it not been for a nationwide postponement for a week brought about by a strong earthquake and series of aftershocks yesterday, at least powerful by Korean standards. But um, as we plan to do anyway, let's bring in Sir Ken Robinson, the British expert on creativity and innovation, the author of The Element, How Finding Your Passion Changes Everything, the most watched speaker in the TED Talk video series throughout the world. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. That's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And, And anyone who's seen you speak or heard you speak will have found, I believe, your arguments compelling. But this this idea of, of, of changing the way we approach education, the outdated models, also seems idealistic. How can we make that more realistic as a goal? I think it's entirely realistic. It, it, it's, it's not an ideal at all. But the work I'm uh, arguing for is happening uh, all over the place and has been. It's just not yet uh, been sufficiently widely adopted by national governments. There are brilliant schools everywhere, school districts, entire countries, in fact, who know that what I'm talking about is right and who are acting on it. Um, and I, I published a book uh, a couple of years ago called Creative Schools, Revolutionizing Education from the Ground Up. And I was saying there, you know, these aren't theories. Uh, the book is full of examples of places that are doing it and, and the results they're getting, which are far better than this standardized, test-driven, highly pressured competitive system that many countries have bought into. Including ourselves, of course, here in South Korea. And, and it all builds up to a, a day-long test experience known as Sunung, which has now been delayed by a week. But that week will be cold comfort for some of the students who um, know there's just too much to cover in that period of time and for some of them who are ready to take it this morning. Uh, How do we try to persuade national governments then um, when individual schools seem to do it so well when they're allowed to have that freedom? Well, there are a couple of things. One is that the reason that our education systems latterly have become so test-oriented and so competitive is that national governments have been putting pressure on schools in those directions, mainly for economic reasons. Now, the assumption is that if we raise these traditional academic standards, if we monitor them by constant testing, if we get more and more people to go to universities, then this will raise overall levels of ability in our communities and our economies will thrive. Well, It's not wholly untrue to say that, that that having a highly educated workforce is is good for the economy. A couple of things, though. One is that our economies are changing very, very quickly. The world is changing very quickly. And more and more countries are coming to realize that young people need to develop other kinds of skills and competencies as well as traditional academic skills. And that we all have very wide capacities and abilities that education should be addressing. You know, the World Economic Forum published a report earlier this year arguing about the need for uh, schools to promote these very fields I talk about, about creativity, cultural understanding, collaboration, the ability to work together, and saying these are fundamental now to the way our economies are beginning to shift. So I think this particular emphasis has run its course. It, it's an old-fashioned view of how economies work. But the other thing, you know, is that Education has much more to do than prepare kids for jobs, very important as that is. It has cultural roles. Uh, you know, South Korea, for example, has a very rich and diverse cultural history, and 
education has to be addressing that too, helping people understand their own cultural backgrounds and values and their place in the broader global cultural change that are taking place. It has social roles. It has personal roles. So what I'm arguing for isn't a problem. It's a solution to a problem that we've got. And and I, and I wish that voice was was heard more profoundly. I, I wish it was heard more profoundly by ordinary people who are not facing the same limitations as, as governments. To be perfectly honest, because it starts here, preschool. Often um, the money starts being spent on gearing kids up for this moment, the, the college entrance exam, and and then after that, of course, getting into a college and then potentially getting into a big job with with a with a conglomerate that sets you up for life. That's the idea. However, with an unemployment rate affecting young people at sort of three times the level of the standard population, something's going wrong. What advice would you have to ordinary parents um, who have young children right now um, to to try to break free from that way of thinking? Well, firstly, I do understand it. And I mean, I I live in America. There's the same intense pressure here in, in many schools on many kids. Uh, it's a, it's an old way to think. As you say, the, the, the issue is now that uh, very many young people are, are going through these processes, they're going to universities, they're suffering intense pressure, often uh, extreme stress uh, in doing all of this. Uh, but the promise isn't being fulfilled because there are far too many graduates now for the jobs that are available. Very many people are not getting the jobs they thought would come at the end of this process. And a lot of graduates are not only unemployed increasingly, but underemployed. You know, they're doing work for which their degree isn't really isn't necessary. It's not just true in South Korea, it's true across many parts of the world. It's why we do have to think differently about this. Uh, just as we, as we speak, um, I'm finishing off uh, the, reading the proofs of, of a new book, as you asked me. <laughs> for I've, I've written a book for parents. It's called You, Your Child and School. Because I recognize this is a big dilemma for many parents, and there are other ways to think about education. There are broader, more enriching ways to educate our kids, which I think also will give them a better chance in future rather than yes. more limited chances this current system gives them. And, th- and there are options through the public education system here in Korea. I mean, I've got an example within my own family. My older daughter is... Uh she found her passion very early on with uh, with fashion, and she's been able to go through a design school here, uh, what would be considered a vocational high school, that puts her directly on a path into that sort of job. And if more young people here recognise those opportunities or, or didn't turn their nose up at them, they might find success. The, the thing is, key to that idea, I think, is finding a passion. And coming back to the other book I mentioned, you know, how finding your passion changes everything. Yeah. What's your advice for, for kids or even adults who have no idea what that even means? Well, the, uh, our children are all very different. If parents listening to this have got two or more children, I'll make them a bet and I'll, I'll win it. My bet is that your children are completely different from each other. They have different talents, they have different interests, different abilities, and education should properly be the process by which we help to cultivate these unique talents that all our children have got. And one of the drawbacks of the current preoccupation with getting everybody to a good university. Well, firstly, not everybody's going to be able to go to a good university, uh, however that's defined, and that's it's just the way of it. We can't put every child into an Ivy League university. I'm, I'm arguing that we, we shouldn't want to. The trouble with trying to do that is that the everyone's judged against the same standard, against the same standard of intelligence or ability, and 
inevitably, most people won't make the grade. So you end up with a lot of people who don't know what to do with themselves having done all this work. The good news is our children all have very different talents. And if we have a broader approach to education, if our schools take a broader approach and value different talents as we should, because our economies and our communities depend upon that, then we'll be finding you know, ways forward in life for all of our kids. So my first advice is recognize that children are different. They do have very different talents and abilities. And there are lots of other ways of becoming successful, both economically and personally, in life than going through and getting a law degree or becoming an accountant or working for a big corporation. And the success stories in the Element book that you mentioned, which is available, by the way, in South Korea, um, it's, it's in, um, I think, 23 different language editions now, including in South Korea, mm. is that the uh, many people who found great success in life went alternative routes. <clears throat> and there are, you know, one of the problems that I want to draw the attention of governments to is that this obsession with a particular form of academic work in university entrance has often sacrificed these other vocational routes, which are equally rewarding, often financially even more rewarding, incidentally, and equally fulfilling. Exactly. If it's about money, then, then certainly you can't argue against it. But there is also this uh, feeling of prestige and, and, and everybody driving in the same direction. And as I said before, parents as well as governments here and particularly in Korea do need to pay attention. And they can check out your writing. They can also check you out right now on, on YouTube, for example. And it's a great way to be introduced to your ideas if no one's done that yet uh, who might be listening right now. Uh, so, Ken Robinson, thank you so much for speaking. It's a great pleasure. And I have a website, SirKenRobinson.com. You'll find lots of stuff there. Thank you very much, Sir Ken Robinson, British expert on creativity and innovation. We'll hear often the argument that uh, public schools can't move fast enough. They haven't got the resources. Sometimes it is just small changes in in attitudes, uh, attitudes towards hiring teachers, for example, that can can bring about profound impacts. You can have your own say right now. Pound a sharp 1013 for 51 per message.